Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support CanadaLand. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a CanadaLand supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health here in Toronto. Cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, compassionate facility. Right now, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. This is the time when they need you most. This is the time when you can make a real difference when it comes to doing something about the mental health crisis and the devastating opioid epidemic, the overdose epidemic that we're currently experiencing, losing 20 people every day. They need your help. Donate at camh.ca slash canadaland to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. Hey, before we begin today's show, I have a quick announcement to make. Every day I get an email or a tweet asking me, when is Commons coming back? Canada's only politics show that isn't boring needed the right hosts. And I'm very happy to tell you today, we have found them. Three of them. To find out who they are, here's what to do. If you are already a subscriber, your dormant feed has come alive. There is a message there right now from our new hosts. If you are not a subscriber, go to our website. Go to CanadaLandShow.com. The main story you will see there is the link to this message from the new hosts of Commons. Subscribe to that show. It is coming back. It is going to be great. Check it out. Okay, today's episode is brought to you by Second City Improv Classes. They have classes for professionals, youth, teens, social classes. They have a professional business development improv stream. Go to secondcity.com slash CanadaLand and claim your free drop-in class. Do it. Arthur Kent cares about his reputation. 
if you don't remember the name Arthur Kent, perhaps you remember the name The Scud Stud, which was his media nickname when he was a war correspondent during the 1991 Gulf War. When NBC News fired Arthur Kent from his reporting job and implied that it was because he was unwilling to take on a dangerous foreign reporting assignment in Croatia, he sued them for $25 million for breach of contract, for fraud, for defamation, and he won an undisclosed settlement and a statement from NBC asserting that he did not refuse this dangerous assignment and that he was, in fact, courageous. Later, Arthur Kent sued the producers of the Tom Hanks film Charlie Wilson's War for using clips of his reporting without his permission, and he walked away from that suit with another undisclosed settlement. And then Arthur Kent sued again. This time it was not about his journalism, but about somebody else's. After his long stint in American media, Arthur Kent returned to his home province of Alberta to run for office as a conservative candidate, just like his brother, Peter Kent. But an article in the National Post during the 2008 federal election campaign, written by veteran political journalist Don Martin, said that Arthur Kent was not the scud stud, he was now the dud scud. Yeah, I would have thought that the better diss would have been to call him the dud stud, But Don Martin went with Dud Scud, which to me makes less sense. But in any event, it was something that Don Martin said that other people were calling Arthur Kent. Here's the context. Kent was running as a renegade candidate. He was openly critical of his own conservative party and its leader in Alberta, who had publicly snubbed Arthur Kent in return. Don Martin followed some other reporters who were writing negative things about Arthur Kent's campaign. But he went further than them. He said that he was in touch with people in the campaign, sources who told him that Arthur Kent's ego was out of control that he was getting complaints from his own team, his campaign was a mess, people might be leaving, that he was a quote-unquote problem candidate with little chance of winning. So this article in the National Post by Don Martin, you know, it was a bit of nasty, juicy, insider political gossip, if you're into that sort of thing. And if you read it the way that I did, you didn't even blink. I kind of feel like I read that sort of stuff every day. But Arthur Kent did not read it that way. He considered the article defamatory, injurious, an attack on his campaign and on his reputation. He sued Don Martin and the National Post. He fought that legal battle for eight years, and he won. Arthur Kent was awarded $200,000 plus costs, and this is the part that matters beyond the 2008 election, beyond Arthur Kent, beyond Don Martin, because that ruling against him is really without any kind of similar precedent. It might change what we in the press can and cannot say about people who are running for public office. Arthur Kent says that it was a great ruling for journalism. Don Martin, well, he can't say anything. Don Martin now works for CTV News, and he tells me that they do not want him to talk publicly about this case. But Arthur Kent joins me in a minute. Wait for it. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Jared Robert, Chris, David McDougall, Nick Turcott, Dan Curry, Peter Nardi, Susan Chrysler, and Calervo Sinervo. Calervo, why did you decide to be awesome? Because no other outlet is better at keeping me powerfully and concisely informed about what's going on in Canadian media, politics, and arts culture. You guys make me feel connected to my country, and I think you're excellent at making space for both marginalized voices and voices from outside my own echo chamber. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, It's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, 
and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool. doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. And this episode is brought to you by Second City Improv Classes. I'm very happy to have Second City sponsoring the show. I used to love doing improv when I was a kid. But I haven't done it in like 30 years because I, I guess I've just somehow thought of it as one of those things like uh, like painting or something that we get all kids to do. But the only adults who do it are the ones who are doing it as, as a profession or a aspirational or as some serious hobby. That's bullshit, man. Everybody should do this kind of creative stuff. Improv is fun. Whether you want a career in comedy or not, it's a great way to interact with people, to open up, to learn different ways of responding, and just to have a lot of fun. And it's being used by like big companies as a, as a form of corporate training. Academics and scholars and entrepreneurs have been extolling the life-changing benefits of improv. It helps both your personal and professional life. It makes you a better listener. And Second City is the largest school of improv and sketch comedy in the world. This is where John Candy went. This is where Stephen Colbert and Tina Fey went. Improv is inherently social. It builds friendships. It is hilarious and super fun. Second City has social classes, professional classes, youth, teen classes, and coming soon, Rewire You, a business-focused professional development program. Visit secondcity.com slash CanadaLand and learn about their early bird discounts and claim a free drop-in class. You can just go do this. Check it out. Finally, this episode is brought to you by FreshBooks, our founding sponsor. This is the time of year when I am especially happy that I found FreshBooks. It is tax time, and FreshBooks makes tax time a breeze. Paperless accounting, cloud accounting, an accounting department for freelancers and small businesses that cannot afford accounting departments. That is what FreshBooks is. It is very easy to use. It is stupid easy to use. It is almost kind of fun to use. It's kind of nice to see where you stand financially, what's coming in, who's paid you, who you're waiting on, who's looked at the invoice but hasn't paid you. You get a sense of peace and calm knowing that your business is on lock, that you see what's happening. FreshBooks saves you time and it gets you paid quicker. Go to freshbooks.com slash CanadaLand. Try it for yourself for free. No credit card required for 30 days. If you become a customer, tell them that CanadaLand sent you. You'll be doing the show a favor. 
What did Don Martin write about you, Arthur, that was factually incorrect? Well, the court uh, found that uh, Martin's article exaggerated the degree of dis- dissatisfaction with me among Alberta conservatives by repeatedly attributing negative comments about me as coming from multiple knowledgeable sources when the evidence at trial was that uh, Martin's information had come from single sources. And most importantly, when we read the Martin article, my, my colleagues and I uh, in our Calgary Curry campaign office, you could see that the article was, was completely biased, blisteringly critical, and yet Martin had, had never spoken to me. I'd never met the man, nor spoken to him. And the court found that Martin actively sought out negative information. That's a quote. Just as, just as the previous information I gave you, the, those are the court's findings. He actively sought out negative information about me, but, quote, failed to make reasonable inquiries to verify that information. And, uh, you know, we could, again, when we read the article, which, which painted a picture of a campaign team in total, in total meltdown that, that no reasonable Albertan would ever want to vote for, it, it, was, it was absolutely opposite the facts, and it was no accident that the court found that Martin knew that, quote, several, close quote, of his sources for the Martin article, quote, had an axe to grind, close quote, against me. Most particularly, his three anonymous sources, and uh, sure enough, in the fullness of time, Mr. Martin voluntarily revealed his three anonymous sources, all three of them, to be people uh, who were seeking career advancement or benefit uh, uh, from uh, being backroom supporters and uh, fixers within the Conservative Party. There is some really interesting backstory that you're talking about here, and I want to talk about all of it. But we have to begin, when we're talking about libel and defamation, it's words that a journalist wrote that was printed in a newspaper. So I, I, I have to return to the question, like, which of those words weren't true? Well, I've, again, it's not... You know, in in my view, the entire article was poisonously false. After seven years of litigation and a four-week trial, the court found, quote, that the statements and inferences in the Martin article, in the overall context of the article, are defamatory. Jesse, I understand where your questions are coming from. Look, I'm a reporter. I'm a journalist by profession. When I read this thing, the first day it was published... Online, by the way, this is an internet case. This is not just a newspaper case. This is a story about a false article, a piece of fake news that was manufactured artificially and, and printed not just in, in several newspapers belonging to Post Media at that time, CanWest, but also were, were pumped out on numerous websites belonging to those companies and by Post Media for nearly five years. Now, when I sent in my written response to the Martin article to the Calgary Herald and the National Post and said, look, (laughs) this thing is crazy. Here's my written response, 754 words, just like the Martin article. They refused to publish it. 
Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I agree with both the ruling and your point of view that like to not let you have a say was a big mistake. And Don Martin did reach out to you for comment, but didn't give you enough time. He emailed you at uh, an address on your website, but didn't contact your party office. He could have tried harder. So that part of it was not as big a sticking point for me as some other things. I mean, just listening to you now in describing the problems with the article, that it's biased, that it exaggerated, that he, Don Martin was actively looking for negative stuff about you. All of those things might make it bad journalism, but none of those things are illegal. It's not illegal to write a biased piece against someone. It's not illegal to exaggerate or even, you know, you talk about how his sources had access to Grind. If we eliminated sources who had access to Grind, we wouldn't have many sources. I mean, that's where sources come from. His sources included... Christine Robodeau, lawyer Christine Robodeau, was was involved in your campaign, was she not? Christine Robodeau was a, uh, a close friend of Alison Redford seeking appointment to the provincial court bench in Alberta. She was part of my team, but she never told me that. She was my legal counsel, and when Mr. Martin emailed her saying, any more dirt, she dished the dirt. Incorrect and uh, false dirt. That's not journalism. And the inform- and the dirt that was dished to Martin, he never gave me an opportunity to respond to. The fact is that these cases were the first time that allegations of defamation by an election candidate against a journalist and mainstream news organizations went to court in Canada and uh, were put under the microscope in the context of the Supreme Court of Canada's tests for responsible journalism. This is the first time. Those tests were established by a case in 2009 called Grant v. Torstar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Je- Jesse, let me, let me tell you, you have to be a complete failure, but, but you really have to try to flunk those tests for responsible journalism. The Supreme Court rules on responsible journalism makes, makes bountiful room for fair comment, for justification, for acceptable reportage, re- reporting what's been reported elsewhere. You have to do what Don Martin did. You have to do what Postmedia did. The court also found the defamatory factual statements in the article that were not saved by the defense of justification were also not saved by the defense of responsible journalism. And, and those, you know, Jesse, those, those are just the basics that you and I learn as cub reporters and before. You know, report the truth. Be honest. Seek the truth. Always verify Always give the subject of new information that you obtain from any sources, especially if they have access to grind. You put that information to the subject of your story. Jesse, true or false, when you're a real journalist and you get some hot, hot information, you're busting to confront the, the subject of your story with that information. That's why you're there. That's why you're in the business. Martin did the opposite. Martin went out, yeah. put, a, put a cookie cutter lie 
together and then made no attempt, made no genuine, or as the court said, no reasonable attempt to obtain comment from me prior to publication. And then and then lied to his editors about who his sources really were when when I all I did, Jesse, remember, there never would have been Kent versus Martin and Canwest, Kent versus Post Media, if they'd simply run the other side of the story. But they refused to do so. Yeah, that was a big mistake. Yeah, they yeah. refused to do that. So the court found that they had no reasonable cause to do so, but they did find that Don Martin misled his own editors about who the sources for his article were, because I identified two of them, Mr. Love and Mr. Hallman, as being individuals who were openly hostile to my campaign because I was advocating positions that they thought threatened their their livelihood as lobbyists. Look, no, no contest. Arthur, you won. I mean, it was a, a scathing ruling and thoroughly to the detriment of Don Martin's reputation as a journalist. And nothing that happens in this conversation is going to change the fact that the court agreed with you that this was defamation. I don't really have a dog in the fight. I certainly don't have a dog in the fight of defending Don Martin. And I don't have any point of view in in terms of the inner Alberta politics that you're talking about, though I find them really interesting. I'm looking at this because this, I think, will be a precedent-setting case. As you say, nothing since Grant versus Torstar, which established the Responsible Communications Defense, touches this stuff. And a lot of other people are trying to figure out what this means for them in their journalism. Oh, Jesse, I read you. I, 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 I feel your yeah. discomfort. Remember my answer to your first question. I'm a reporter. I made a living and a good living, and I'm going to make a great living again relying on the protections that these defendants shamefully and rather shamelessly tried to exploit, knowing that they had uh, that there were so many errors and, and flaws with the Martin article that it was defamatory. They used the shield that you and I rely upon to do responsible journalism. But there's the good news. No genuine journalist, no genuine journalist can be anything but reassured by this ruling. You go through our judges' systematic analysis under the Supreme Court tests for responsible journalism. She she pierces the evidence on the basis of the evidence. She, she tells you that the evidence demonstrates the Martin article is not responsible. And so, by turning that around, any reporter knows how to avoid being caught up in a defamation suit. And, and Jesse, let me, let me tell you a story. I, I began my journalism career where? At the Defendant's Calgary Herald. <laughs> I grew up there. My father was an editor of the Calgary Herald. The first day in 1973, you know, you know, back when dinosaurs walked the earth, the first day I began as a summer student at, uh, at the Calgary Herald, uh, one of one of the uh, senior editors of the newspaper took me aside, and he said, "Here it is. Here's your first assignment." He and he pointed at me and he said, "Now don't report that story as if you might get sued. Report that story as if you will get sued, and my ass is on the line." I mean, that was a spotlight moment. You know, did, you saw that film Jesse last year. I mean, 2016 was the year of spotlight. 
not not of the course year. for sure and we're, we are kind of in agreement about the type of investigative work that the spotlight team did and i think that we're in agreement about the kind of reporting that you did as a wartime correspondent i mean these are the kinds of 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 positions and the kind of work that ennobles the profession if they were going to make an action figure of a journalist it might be a wartime correspondent you know probably even above like woodward and bernstein in the parking garage this is a romantic idea but but journalism is a big a big field and the political columnist the opiner the pundit on the phone with somebody who is betraying their own campaign by feeding information to that political columnist and the political columnist says, give me the dirt on your own campaign. That guy's a journalist too. And we need that guy too. So no, you're asking, no, me, he's, you know, he's, you're, you're he's asserting, a, he's, just, just one second, Arthur, <laughs> you know, you, you talk about how, um, no good journalist will feel anything, but, uh, but good about this ruling. When I read the ruling and the judge is chiding is dinging a journalist, uh, for his tone, for his sarcastic tone, I get chills up my spine. I don't want to judge ruling on my tone. She, she's remarking about the tone that's built on false facts. Jesse, you would never build tone on the basis of facts that you had not sought to verify. Mr. Martin is not a journalist because he didn't seek to verify. Journalism is a practice, a profession, and a craft of verification, of confirmation, of, of proof, of balance, not bias. To call the Martin article biased is actually an understatement. The, the, the article was tailored to injure, to damage. That's not journalism. Yes, you can build, you can build eviscerating commentary on the back of solid, verified fact. But, but you can't do it uh, on, on, on the back of libel. And, and that's what these guys were about. It's just not the same. The thing of it is, is that I can turn on any kind of cable news shout fest and hear politicians being eviscerated in, in sarcastic tones that put Don Martin to shame these days, right? And what none of them have done in most cases is pick up a phone and report any of it. I mean, these days it's, it's lightweight. What, what Don Martin was saying about you. And I, I'm, I'm going to press on here and just try to see this from the other perspective. And I'm with you on, I think that they should have given you uh, equal time. I think that they should have given you a chance to respond, but the story itself, it's not like Don Martin was coming out of the blue. And, and even just hearing you describe the Stelmach era and, and the party that you were, you were, that was your party, you, you were calling them dinosaurs. I mean, that was out, like, I think to a, to a political journalist, this sounds juicier than hell, that you've got this star candidate talking so much smack about his own party. But I would say, at least the other reporters did me the benefit of calling me and getting comment from me. And it, it, I thought it was, Jesse, forgive me, but I have to laugh. At trial, it was extraordinary. The, the defendant, Post Media, produced a couple of its other columnists. And they came to trial and they said, oh, Mr. Kent was such a, exceptional. It was bizarre the way he was criticizing his own party leader. One of them actually said, Jesse, uh, loyalty to the party is the basis of our whole democratic system. If you've reported in Russia, you know that loyalty to the party is one of the mottos of the former KGB of the Soviet Union. Yeah, it's still 
really unusual for a candidate to be talking that way about the leader of their own party, right? So well, I, if I'm, I don't know. I don't like, know. Like, look at look at uh, look at Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, um, Mario Rubio. Uh, it wasn't only um, uh, Mr. Trump. But it was uh, uh, Mr. Cruz and Mr. Rubio who were trying to challenge the GOP establishment. And look at Bernie Sanders. You know, God bless Bernie Sanders. Who uh, that I would call all of those uh, great examples of similarly unusual cases, right? My point is only that you, you are obviously a really good story. And if I'm Don Martin and my job is to crank out columns on what's happening in politics, and I'm doing that from Ottawa, let, let's face facts. It'd be great if columnists were going to fly into the writing before they reported and wrote an opinion column. Uh, that rarely happens. It's it's rare for an opinion column about politics to, to have any original reporting. Not unheard of, but, you know, let, let, let's, let's contextualize this with the way things are actually done, which is that we have a lot of uh, a pundit class of journalists who are just cranking out their thoughts on, on the people who are running and what's going on. So I'm, I'm going to ask you to, like, help, help me out here. And I'm going to run through in a nutshell this thing from Don Martin's point of view or how I might imagine it, okay? Because I'm, I'm aware of this. I don't, Jesse, this. forgive me. I just don't think that you will be able to cast your mind, thankfully, in such a flawed <laughs> journalistic perspective. He tailored an attack. It was defamatory. He's lost. Arthur, I, I'm concerned about what what I'm going to do in going forward and reporting stories if something similar crosses my desk. So I won't put myself in Don Martin's shoes, but I'm going to hypothetically wonder about a similar story. If I'm aware that there's a candidate who has put in his crosshairs, he's running a incendiary campaign where he wants to change the party that he is running with. And he's saying stuff like that. And there is uh, outward signs of uh, conflict between the party leader and that candidate. And then I've got a source who is that candidate's lawyer feeding me information about how the campaign is falling apart. I'm getting that directly from that candidate's own lawyer. And then somebody else who's affiliated with, with, with the party, I say, is anyone resigned from this guy's campaign? And they say, not yet. Yes. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling well, pretty good I'll, that well, I can... Well, I'll tell you what I, you do, Jesse. You, you do what I know you'd do. You phone the guy. You phone yeah. the guy and, and say, you know what I've been told? And then, and then the guy says... Wait a second. Wait a second. Let me ask you this. Could you find out what those people do for a living? Could you find out what they're seeking from a reelected PC government in Alberta? Can you find out if they might not be part of the gravy train that I'm campaigning to end? Well, then I've got an even better story. Then I've got an even better story. That's what you I got. I got a candidate saying that members of his own team are on the gravy train. There's no question that I would do that because, the, because that's oh, amazing. Excuse I mean, me, that Je excuse of... me, Jesse, excuse me, Jesse. None of, you know, neither of the two people you're talking about came to me and revealed what they were really doing, you know, and that, and that gives you an idea of the nature of the, of the character that, that, w that was at work here. That's Mr. even juicier Mr. still that it's all this uh, intrigue and subterfuge and betrayal. I mean, this is a great story. And if it had been reported a bit more thoroughly, it would be even better. So the, I, I, I'm taking some lessons from Don Martin's mistakes here. I mean, of course. It, indeed, in indeed, indeed. In and touch. that's what we should all do. That's what we should all do. That's why, right. I'm, that's why I'm saying I didn't win this because I cheated. You know, I, I won this because what they did was flat wrong. 
Two and, questions and if here. You, and, and if you, you, and if you, you said look earlier at it from that, that basis, they could have avoided. They could have avoided the whole thing if they had printed your response. Indeed. I, uh, let, let me ask you this. Like I said, my first response when I saw that there was a libel case about this article was read the article and say to myself, well, what here is factually incorrect? And then I read the ruling after that came out. And it seems like when it comes down to an actual, forget the exaggeration and the tone and the negativity, when it comes down to facts, the sentence that is not true and demonstrably not true is the headline itself that Alberta conservatives are no. calling you the de- the dead no, sky. No, no, no. That's the, not true. No, the false facts are that uh, was I ignoring the advice of sage veterans? The court found that that individual could hardly be called sage. That was in the decision. And by the way, that individual, that one of Mr. Martin's sources, hmm, thrown out of the PC party last week. For but his whole article was about how you, you you were having all this internal conflict with these people in your but own party. But we weren't. Which is excuse, true. Were. excuse me, Jesse. Jesse, I was. We weren't having internal conflicts with the whole party. We weren't having internal conflicts with a, a number of. We had a small number. We had a small number. The evidence before the court, and the evidence that the court based its judgment on, was that that was not true. The Arthur Kent campaign had high morale. We had 87 members by election day. Most of the members of our campaign had never been involved with PC politics before. They were honest Calgarians looking for change. But some when of them they were read the Martin article, Martin. Jesse, there, there were multiple factual errors. That is the expression of the court. That's a finding of the court. It's not just because the headline was, was a smear. That, but what were that, the other factual errors? The, the court found the article, quote, made it harder for the Kent campaign to raise money, which was confirmed by Mr. Doolin, Mr. Kent's financial agent. Who was Mr. Doolin? He was the person that Martin said, on the basis of the incorrect information fed to him that was unverified by Mr. Martin, Mr. Doolin was going to resign. He, no, he wasn't. That was untrue. There, there were not people bailing out of our team. There's the, the Martin article is a fabric, a, a false fabric of multiple lies upon lies. And, and uh, the, the assertions that people were leaving and that morale was bad was absolutely wrong. Uh, my whole, our, our campaign narrowly lost the election, as the court said, as a consequence of the, the greater difficulty we had in fundraising. Don Martin, the National Post, and the Calgary Herald became players in this campaign by hobbling our campaign. That's not journalism. It is defamation. Do you, you think you lost because the because uh, the article? The the loss the the article contributed to uh, to a narrow loss because we all agreed one of the reasons uh, that we couldn't reach the finishing line as victors was that our fundraising came to a crashing halt. After that, this is modern uh, political warfare. In I was trying to unseat an incumbent MLA, and uh, we we needed to have a fair shot, and uh, we were not given it. The reason we were not given it is because the National Post, the Calgary Herald, the editorial managements, and Mr. Martin signally failed in their basic journalistic duty to find and report the truth. Honestly, and that's the bottom line. 
it's really Arthur, not um, more complicated. You, you, you've than that. you've spent seven years fighting this lawsuit and ultimately winning it. At one point, you were offered a, a settlement for of three hundred thousand dollars. Why didn't you take it? There was no no admission that uh, they had done anything wrong. Arthur, looking at the uh, the, the the ruling and the the award and then the damages, I was trying to figure out if you've like have you come out on top or have you lost money on this whole thing? You know, Jesse, that is a perfect question, and uh, it, it it is a situation again where we have received a costs judgment just a week ago on the 16th of January. My lawyers and I are examining it in minute detail because it is our position and my position and and the stated position of the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of Canada, Beverly McLaughlin, that currently ordinary Canadians don't really have access to justice because when you go to court, big corporations and wealthy parties are favored because they can they can spend millions on lawyers as i believe the the media defendants did in these cases i believe well well mr godfrey's post media should have been paying attention to how to save jobs of honest journalists they were spending perhaps as much as 3 million dollars fighting these cases and losing you're I know you didn't do this for the money, but did you did you lose money on this? <laughs> returning to your question, I'm in a I'm in a situation of quantifying exactly where I stand and uh, wh- when the time is appropriate, which will be within just a few weeks. I'll be commenting in great detail on that question, which at this time, because we've just received the costs determination, I can't really discuss in detail. Yeah, I guess it's going to either fall one way or the other on the balance sheet. And either way, I don't think this is going to end up having been a very profitable endeavor for you. I, I can't imagine the amount of effort and and stress. I had to complete this because it is antithetically wrong. Jesse, most importantly, look at look at what this is. Look at how unusual this is, but how important it is to pay attention to what happened in these cases. This is the only time in the modern history of Canadian journalism and politics that a journalist and news organizations have been found guilty at trial for defaming an election candidate. Certainly since the Second World War, it's never happened before. There's a problem. Yeah, I know. That, that's pr- why the precedent is such an issue here. Yes. And I mean, I, look, you, know, you, you obviously if, did this for the principle and not for the money. What is the principle? What should cub reporters, columnists, opinionators take from this so that they don't end up in Don Martin's shoes? Just just be good. Be good. Be tough. Be, be precise. Be dogged. Be vivid. Reach for excellence. Be outspoken. Be, but be certain. Verify confirm. Do all the things that make journalism wonderful. I hope in future, Jesse, in answer to your question, what do I do next? I hope to make this a guiding light, uh, not against journalism. I'm, I, I'm from a family of journalists. I hope, I hope these rulings will be what I know them to be. These are guiding lights for good journalism and an antidote to fake news. And uh, that's what I'll be striving for in future. Arthur, that's like the Jedi lesson of this ruling, but there's like a dark side lesson as well. Like he certainly could have avoided the libel verdict 
and maybe the lawsuit and the whole mess if he had given you enough time to respond and had that conversation with you, for sure. And certainly his editor should have given you the chance to respond with your own rebuttal. But there's another way that he might have avoided this all, reading the ruling. Because before you even get to all these rules about good reporting and responsible reporting, we have another defense against libel, which is fair comment. And, and he wasn't able to mount a fair comment defense. We have people writing opinion pieces about politics who have no responsibility to do any original reporting. If Don Martin, instead of saying that Alberta conservatives are calling you the dud scud, if he had written just a screed where he said, I think that this Kent guy is the dud scud because that's so witty. And, and I think that his campaign is coming apart of the wheels and this battle between him, him and Stelmack can't be good for morale and his team. It wouldn't surprise me if they all fell apart and betrayed him. If he had written the whole thing just from his chair without picking up a phone once or talking to another person and it was just opinion, he also could have avoided all this, couldn't he? This could just as easily be a precedent to inform a lot of lousy punditry, <laughs> bad journalism. The uh, bar is extremely high to demonstrate that something is defamatory. No honest journalist is going to be caught in it. Uh, there are numerous safety checks along the way. You know, you have, look at the protections that news organizations have. You, you know, you can't sue. I, I wasn't able to sue until I, I contacted the newspapers. I, I sent them uh, my rebuttal. Then I had to send them a notice of intention to commence an action. They had multiple opportunities just to do the smart thing, Jesse, as you said, it was a good story. I was, a, I was an unusual candidate. Let, let's fill some more display space let, uh, online and uh, in the pages of the newspaper. Let, let's print Kent's piece and then let's do another one. I mean, that would have been the smart thing to do. Let mm -hmm. the story would run and run. But that wasn't, I believe, the intention. And that's what the, the judgment shows. Thank you, Arthur. Thank you. That's your Canada Land Show. I hope you enjoyed it. Email me. I'm at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I read what you send me and I respond when I can. Our website, where you can find out who the new hosts of Commons are, is at canadalandshow.com. Our crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland. New episode of The Imposter will be up on Wednesday. Shortcuts will be up on Thursday. The producer of this show is Russell Gregg. We make this show available to campus and community radio stations across this country, 30 of them, in fact. If you like what we do, please support us.